0: Time for us to get into our fitness conversation and this week we're talking about fasting uh, and this is because we heard the news that UK Prime Minister uh, Rishi Sunak apparently fasts for 36 hours where he only consumes water, tea or black coffee from the evening on a Sunday until 5am on a Tuesday and so now there's been discussion about well what are the benefits but also what are some of the risks involved with fasting and if you have a question about um, fasting we've heard a lot for instance around intermittent fasting it had a big moment a couple of years ago Uh, we are joined by dietitian at nutritional solutions rafaela braga joining us this morning rafaela very good morning to you welcome to weekend breakfast
1: good morning
0: to you as well how are you doing very well thank you Rafaela. so we are hearing news that the uk prime minister uh seems to take quite a a big fast often even with intermittent fasting people fast for a few hours uh, maybe from morning to evening or um from night until the morning here he seems to be taking quite a uh, a (laughs) bit of a bigger um stab at it and fasting essentially for a day and a half um, and some people saying, well, there could be some benefits to do this, but there's also been concerns about, you know, not feeding your body regularly, um, as we've been advised as well. So what happens to our bodies when we do fast?
1: Okay, yeah, so <laughs> that's the thing. Because obviously, as you mentioned, they are very different forms of fasting and we, we often see it, um, like we know, I mean, the most popular form is the sixteen eight method. Um, where people usually will stop eating around 8 o'clock at night and then they start eating around 12 the next day. So they're fasting for about 16 hours and having an eating period of about 8. The other forms that also exist, we know about the alternate day fasting and this rotates between your days of eating um, followed by um, days of not eating. And then the other form is also the modified fasting um, where basically what people do is that they eat small amounts of food on their fasting days but they, they cut it down to about a quarter of what the usual intake would be. And then we also get the 5-2 fast, um, probably more aligned with what the Prime Minister here is doing, and that's basically fasting for two consecutive days a week, followed by your usual eating patterns on the other five days. And what's basically happened when we're going through this fast is you essentially depleting your glycogen stores. So your body's first source of energy is always going to be um, from a glycogen or um, carbohydrate kind of form. And once that's depleted, it starts to move on to its other stores and it, and it utilizes these stores um, as a form of energy. So obviously your body's number one priority is always going to be survival and that in essence translates to energy um but as we know there's pros and cons to both of to, to doing this of course um with individualization being the most important thing to consider before trying this
0: and so what are some of those things that need to be considered and i imagine it also depends on you know whether or not to your point about individualization about whether or not you do have chronic illnesses
1: or not okay. so I think the easiest will probably be explaining what those pros are on and Pros and cons are for you to make the most important decisions. So, we know that there are studies that have demonstrated the benefits of fasting, especially when you link it to your circadian rhythm. Now, this is your body's internal clock, which influences various physiological processes, including your metabolism. So, what they found is that when you um, try a, an earlier fast, so you stop eating at 5 o'clock instead of 8 p.m., which is the, the traditional way of doing it, you actually align with your body's natural circadian rhythm. And then this allows for better synchronization of your metabolic processes Um, because we know that the later eating or the high carb dinners actually increase your insulin levels and that blocks your melatonin. We know from the research that melatonin has the ability to assist in turning fat into energy rather than storing it. But what's also an interesting thing that a lot of what prompts a lot of people to look at admitted fasting is that we know that it's been found to improve your insulin sensitivity And this basically means body cells are more responsive to insulin, which leads to better um, blood sugar control. And enhanced insulin sensitivity actually can reduce your risk of of developing insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, and then, of course, can also obviously support um, weight loss by promoting efficient glucose metabolism. Mm. From a weight management perspective, fasting has also been shown promise in eating weight loss by essentially restricting your calorie intake during a specific time frame. Um, so you create a calorie deficit and individuals do find this effect as an effective strategy um, when trying to lose weight. But of course, the, the buzz at the moment with regards to fasting is autophagy, which is cellular repair. Now, autophagy occurs when, like I said, when, when your glycogen stores start to become depleted, it increases a protein called AMP, and at your... AMP is an energy sensor. So when AMP activation, um, it stimulates autophagy by inhibiting the activity of a different protein (laughs) called mTOR. Um, And mTOR actually usually suppresses the cell repair. So there was actually a very interesting study that was published um, in September of 2023 in the Advances in Nutrition, which is an international review journal. And they stated that while the fasting or calorie restriction can lead to the induction of this adaptive autophagy and increased longevity of cells, um, it's also important to remember that this prolonged calorie restriction with excessive autophagy um, can also be harmful and can actually stimulate a type of a cell death. So that's more at a prolonged kind of level. And then the last two benefits also to look at, the one is that there is benefits regarding um, heart health. So the evidence suggests that um, fasting can positively influence your heart health by reducing the risk factors, such as high pressure, cholesterol, and even inflammation. And then on with regards to brain health, it's actually been found to increase the production of a protein called brain derived nootropic factor, or BDNF. And this is an, a protein that's quite important for cognitive function. So this may support brain health and potentially reduce the risk of new generative diseases later. But if we look at the flip side of things, extended periods of fasting can often lead to inadequate nutrient um, intake, which can potentially result in certain deficiencies and then, of course, poor nourishment. Mm -hmm. So it is crucial to ensure that your nutritional needs are met during your non-fasting periods in order to prevent this. And then of course, the next most important factor that comes in is then of course, your lean muscle mass. And this is often detrimentally affected when fasting for prolonged periods. Specifically, we see this more in your religious kinds of fasts. this um, drop in your lean muscle mass. The other thing is that if fasting is not approached mindfully, it can actually contribute to unhealthy eating patterns or even the development of certain eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And this is where the individualization is super important. So we often see that when people are not adequately equipped for, for fasting, they do tend to favor when they fast ends. They favor more energy dense, nutrient poor kind of options um, in the eating periods. And then this, of course, is counterintuitive to the whole process. So it's essential to strike that balance um, to foster that healthy relationship. And if you're an athlete or um, people who have quite high performance, where their performance is quite vital. Um, they can experience reduced energy levels, um, impaired physical or cognitive performances during these fasting periods. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's an athlete or has a physically demanding job should also consider um, the potential impact that the fasting would have on their performance. So in essence, the biggest determiner whether they're considering to fast or not is that individual variability. Um, you know, the response to fasting varies among individuals. I always tell people, you know, unfortunately, we're not machines. <laughs> There's all the textbooks and everything that says this is what you should do and the theory says it's like this, but yeah. people are still people. And and that goes back to that whole, the fasting and how it affects your body um, varies among individuals. So I've seen people who fast and when they break their fast, it's fine. They just carry on as normal. And other people, who, when they break their fast, they are so starving They'll just eat whatever and (laughs) however much of it. Um, And that's, of course, going to, like I said earlier, it's going to be counterintuitive. And that's actually going to have a more negative effect um, on the body. So what works well for one person is not always suitable for another. So, like I said, consider this, you know, what are your health conditions? What are Mm -hmm. your preferences? How does your lifestyle look? You know, where are your stress levels? How's your sleep? What are your goals? all of those things are going to influence your decision.
0: Yeah. And uh, what is the, we often hear, or we've been hearing increasingly over the last couple of years about this idea of your um, your weight set point point. Um, and that, you know, losing a lot of weight, um, particularly very quickly, um, may make it difficult to then, um lose weight again uh say if you put it on because your body then shifts its set point the point at which your body feels as if yeah. this is where i need to be to make sure that my that i am okay my needs are being met and so if you are someone who's fasting for weight loss and often fasting can lead to quite rapid weight loss uh, what impact can it have on your uh, your body's set point
1: so it's quite an interesting topic and it is something that does come out quite a bit is this whole set point theory. And this, we see it a lot more with people who tend to to do more sad top diets, you know, these extreme diets that um, limit your calories excessively, Um, quite a, they basically initiate quite a, a massive um, calorie deficit. And in essence, what then ends up happening is you drop your basal metabolic rates or your BMR. Now your BMR or your basal metabolic rates is, it's basically the amount of energy that your body needs to sustain where you currently are. So, um, when you go in and you're doing these these fad diets, what we have is this drop in lean muscle mass because you're not go back where you're not adequately nourishing your body, you're not actually meeting your body's requirements in terms of the amount of protein your body needs to sustain that amount of muscle. So we'll have a drop in your basal metabolic rate And essentially what that's the easiest way to kind of explain is kind of like a drop in metabolism. So you've reduced the amount of energy that your body needs in a day to sustain you. Because essentially your body's number one I priority is survival so when you stop when you push yourself into such a, a deficit so this is something that, that we more see in fad diets it's not really when we see a, a, a sustainable kind of lifestyle change we don't really see this um theory um cutting too much but um yeah like i said you go into a fad diet you'd reduce your basal metabolic rate the body now thinks okay well you know glucose is only feeding me such a limited amount of um energy in a day so I need to stop the more vital function so that I, I know I'm only getting that set amount and I've got to try and fit my, my metabolism and get everything I need to sustain this body within that amount of calories mm-hmm. and so it drops your basal metabolic rate um, and now your body needs less energy to to get through the day which is not a good because what we actually want is your body to utilize a lot of energy throughout the day because that means you get more by <laughs> putting on weight instead of it being the other way around
0: mm-hmm. We did receive a voice note on 072702-1702 on this topic.
2: Good morning. I just wanna share my story of fasting. I I'm a Christian and I grew up fasting like for 21 days with just drinking water. Uh, water really, sometimes juice, but it means water, and I would also take peppermint because your bread becomes smelly a little bit. But the strength really and the benefit was spiritual uh, and not physical. Uh, And I think I would still be doing it if the doctor didn't intervene because I have reflex now. And because of reflex, I can no longer fast. But I would fast really just drinking water throughout for 21 days. The strength I get from praying after three days, really, I don't feel so much uh, Any hunger anymore until the uh, last two days, where my mind is starting to recondition that I'll be eating. So, mentally, you become strong and you don't eat, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Stello from Zakane.
0: Thank you, Stello. That's Stello in Zakane. And of course, uh, Rafaela, i started pointing out that for, for some people, uh, aside of the health uh, reasons, there are often overwhelmingly spiritual reasons that people uh, do fast for. Rafaela,
1: okay. hey, Sorry, we cut out there. Sorry about
0: that. Yes, I think just that the, the, Stella raises a fantastic point that of course, usually there are health and physical reasons that people would uh, embark on a fast but sometimes, as he was saying, there are spiritual, religious reasons um, that people would embark on a fast as well.
1: Correct. We see this a lot, quite a bit with, um, as you said, in, in in Christianity as well, Ramadan is also another one that we do see quite a bit where they do fast for these long periods. And I think that is, again, it's an important thing to, to consider. And we see it a lot with our patients, you know, if, if this is a religious thing, then we just got to work around it. And that's what we say, get get the good nourishment in when you can, you know, when you do have those periods to get it in. Um, you know, there, there's obviously definite benefits and, and from a religious point of view as well, definitely a point of resilience um, that, that does kick in there.
0: Rafaela, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks so much. It was lovely being there. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. This is Rafaela Braga, who joins us this morning uh, to talk to us about the effects of fasting on the body. She is from uh, Nutritional Solutions, where she is a dietitian.